You are now listening to the Warfighter Foundation Radio with your host, Derek Plyman. What's up, Warfighters? This is the Warfighter Foundation Radio, the podcast for combat vets. Of course, I am your host, Derek Plyman. Uh, I'm glad you could join us today. This is podcast number two. Uh, of course, we are on SoundCloud. If you go to soundcloud.com slash warfighterfoundation, you will find us. And also, we are now on iTunes. So if you have an iPhone or an iPad, go to podcast, search Warfighter Foundation Radio, and uh, we will pop up. So we're pretty excited about this. Uh, today is going to be a fun day. We've kind of got the whole Warfighter Foundation crew as guests. Uh, we have Jordan, Matthew, and Nathan Hale. So, guys, welcome. What's up? Hey. So, <laughs> so how, how's everybody doing today? Oh, another day in the hood, man. Fucking yeah. trying to stay low on the Air Force Special Operations radar. <laughs> Everybody wants to stay low on the Air Force radar. Let's just be real here. It's, e- it's easy, man. It takes a weird to join the Air Force in the first place. So. You, you know what, though? My, my sister-in-law, her boyfriend, is in the Air Force. And it made me think that, like, for us being badasses, we have to go to, like, Afghanistan. But he gets deployed to Guam all the time. Keep me like sometimes almost like once a week. Sometimes I think like, man, did I did I choose the wrong thing? Is it worth being a badass or do I just really want to go to Guam? Yeah, I heard Guam was a shithole. I heard Guam was a shithole. I got my uh, my my cousin's um <coughs> cousin's cousin. He's in the Air Force and he he's, he's been in Guam for a long time. He actually got married to a girl from Guam. Well, yeah, but at least in Guam you get like what's scuba dive. <laughs> what's going on in it's Guam? Just like a, it's just it's basically just an island in between your Pacific, you know, Japan, Tokyo, and then California. So it's basically just like a refueling station, kind of. Got it. But yeah, I mean, he gets to go like scuba diving all the time. Like, I'm kind of jealous about stuff like that. Dude, the only thing I'm jealous about is like, fuck. Everybody's been to Okinawa knows how awesome Okinawa is. is I've never been to Okinawa. <laughs> oh, okay. I actually never went to Okinawa. That's like uh, been every place else in the world, just never Asia. Yeah, it's uh, it's probably the only place where I ever ran the risk of like contracting an STD. <laughs> <laughs> so, right now in the news. I read the other day that they're trying to open up the selective service to women and making women kind of join the draft if it goes up. And I I agree. I think if they want to show a quality thing, if the draft pop if the draft pops up again, they should be able to be drafted just like us. Who agrees? Oh, bro, one hundred percent. Absolutely. I agree, yeah, I mean, but uh, I think that special operations is a whole different, you know, ball game. Um, but being drafted, yeah, I do think. Yeah. I, well, I, I when agree, you have yeah. like, was it Egypt? They have every male female has to serve at least a year, I think it is. And like nobody bitches about that. But you know, damn well that if 
if women had to sign up for selective service, there would be protests. Uh, it would be crazy here in America. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you saw it with the females that went to ranger school. I mean, there was so much talk when that was going on, and those women chose to do that. <laughs> well, what, what drives me nuts is uh, a lot of people want to say you know, that it's the women in, cert in, in the service that want this. And really, I mean, who are you seeing pushing all this? The feminists and all this, you know, it's all these women that are never going to, Never gonna fucking do it ever, um, and they don't. And they honestly don't care about uh, about these female service members because you know it's, it's them that are gonna get fucked up. Like their their bodies are gonna get ruined. Uh, you know their minds, everything. They're, they're the ones that are gonna get fucked. And uh, and then one thing, who's who's breathing in the fucking microphone? <laughs> <laughs> I heard it too. Sounds like George. No, sounds like there's a storm going on in the background. Yeah, sounds like someone's typing too. Uh, all right, so uh, yeah, where was I? Um, I think one of the other biggest things too, uh, besides everything, is uh, the, you know females want equality, uh, you know, and then they want I want to be infantry, whatever, right? So are you going to mm -hmm. pass the same male fitness standards, or you can just I guess we can just choose to do whatever standards we want, right? So I'm gonna why can't I just identify as female and uh, do the female standards, right? No, oh, I, I, I've talked yeah. about that before. Yeah, man, I'll be, uh, I'll be the fucking best fucking Navy SEAL. Well, I'm sure that already happens in the SEAL teams. Um, <laughs> they probably all identify as female. Shots fired. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, someone will write a book about it, whatever. Um, I, I just, so, I just want to do it just so I can do, uh, you know, 15 push-ups and pass the PT test. <laughs> dude, right? Like, I, I could be, like, the most fucking J-Stock motherfucker in the world, you know? <laughs> Make a Hollywood movie out of it, too. Yeah, I, I got 200% on my fitness test all throughout my military career. I, I guarantee like one you. Of those videos, dude, it could be like, I will teach you how to pass the fitness test. You know, like one of those motivational, you know, get rich fucking <laughs> videos. I guarantee you that once once a female gets in the inventory, because it's going to happen eventually, but there will be some type of movie or book deal or something like that that goes along with it. I guarantee it. They go about that, about that first girl. And they oh, all yeah. <clears throat> well, look how yeah. politicized it's been ever since the idea got brought up that, hey, do you think we should incorporate females into the infantry? I mean, it's almost kind of, it, it, after a matter of time, you know, once females are fully integrated into grunt platoons, someone will create a book about it, create a movie about it, and get it all yep. hyped up, and everyone will be kind of in the background we kind of sh like sh you know scratching their heads being like what the fuck yep well i'm convinced that almost every single woman is is evil anyways <laughs> i don't Dude, I, like I, seriously I before, but let's look at the like, titanic man titanic uh anybody so yeah rose she's not like this fucking awesome perfect person right she she's marrying this dude just for money She's married him just for money, and then she cheats on him. She cheats. On, she goes and fucks Jody on this gigantic boat, and then it crashes. All her fault. <laughs> and then fucking she pushes Jack off the door and fucking lets him drown. Yeah, good job. There, there's there was enough room on that piece of wood for two. I'm just saying. This. They could have shared. They could have taken turns. Like anyway. yeah. I'd be like, hey, why don't you scoot the fuck over? 
Yeah, five minute rotation, motherfucker. Like, let's do it. It's this. cold in here. Yeah, fuck Rose, dude. Uh, like, I I've said this before, though, about women in combat, though, I could give two shits if you're there. As long as I know that if I go down, you can pick my ass up and give me the safety. I don't care if you're male, female. I don't give a shit if you're a dog. If you can do that, that's all I care about. I've had this conversation so many times with my girlfriend, even. You know, and where she'll mm -hmm. say, it just comes down to me having testosterone and her having estrogen. You know, you can have oh, all yeah. the you can have all the motivation in the world. You know, and you know, eat, sleep, breathe, honor, courage, commitment, blah blah blah. But if you're a hundred and ten pound female, there is no way in hell you're gonna carry my ass a hundred yards. You know, me being about, you know, over 200 pounds with gear and all that stuff, there's no way you're lugging my ass 100 yards to the helo. It's not going to happen. Oh, yeah. Yep. I don't know. I mean, you even think about, I mean, how many, I'm sure we've all had to shit in a bucket or piss in a little hole. I mean, can a female really do that without jeopardizing your mission? I mean... I just, Dude, I mean, she's I'm like sure the best fucking <laughs> bullet deterrent. All she has to do is pee her pants, and everybody will stop shooting at you. And, and let's be honest, the bears, they smell menstruation, so now you got to worry about bears. This is true. <laughs> it's, uh, I want to I add it on this. Even though I've never been in the military, it, you know, I kind of have a, I have a standpoint on it. And a couple different things. I mean, one is... You know, all the countries that all the countries that we go to, I mean, at least most of them, right? All the countries that we go to, they don't respect women. So if you have a woman that's, you know, you have, you have a woman among men, you're also going to have problems, whether it's, it's friction between the guys because the guy wants a girl, you know? You're going to have that, mm -hmm. and you're going to have time of the month problems, and then you're going to have also pregnancy problems, you know? And Oh, there's and already pregnancy just, problems. <laughs> just, yeah, I mean, just the friction between the guys itself, you know, hurting the team, that's not a good thing. And then and then when you have a woman in the combat zone, you know, dealing with the locals, the the, the general population, the locals, may not respect that woman enough to, you know, follow her in a combat, whether you're working with a coalition force, you know. Um, mm -hmm. it, it's, you know, it's, you know what I mean? It, it's kind of... Oh, yeah. So, with, with what Jordan was saying, so... Women have been a vital asset on the battlefield. Um, you know, specifically the female engagement teams or female stoppers, whoever, you know, because women can talk to women, women can search women, mm -hmm. yada, yada. They've been a very good source of gathering intelligence, you know, to help the whole battle space. Um, at the same time, they were filling a specific role made for them, which oh, yeah. was perfect. And they fucking did a great job. And, you know, they knew that, okay, we'll, we'll go out with you guys, but then we're going to go back, and then, you know, you guys can go back out and do the fighting, right? Um, if they got their shit, could they have felt their own? Nah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. I fucking was so happy we never got shot at with that with us. Um, but uh, a lot of people aren't looking at, like, some of the long-term effects of this. Like, okay, can a woman, you know, go deploy, come back home, do another fucking, go right into a workup, and then deploy again, and then come back home and, re you know, repeat over and over and over. Is there going to be any longevity in her career? Probably not. She's probably going to do her one deployment and be like, fuck this, my body's totally broke. Because 
like uh, Captain Katie Petronio, man. She uh, she was a female engagement team, um, like team leader, team leader, whatever. And uh, she ended up, so during the deployment when she was up there with the infantry unit, she ended up actually becoming sterile because uh, well infertile, my bad, because uh, how physically active she was being, and she had you know extreme no muscle atrophy, like all, all kinds of shit. And these are like normal problems that like you see in female athletes, you know. And oh yeah. Yeah, I mean, she. Yeah, she'll never I bet have kids you she's again. getting a nice if check from the VA though, because of it. <laughs> <laughs> I'd hope so. So if you tell female Marines or you know female soldiers, female airmen, female sailors, hey, look, uh, you can do this, but you're probably going to have this, this, and this wrong with you when you're done. Yeah, how many do you think are actually going to be like, yeah, sign me up? And how many, are, you know, uh, very yeah, not a lot. Example. Yeah, 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 I use this example a lot too. Is uh, all right. So you have this fucking badass chick, right? Uh, you know, she can fucking lift 500 pounds, fucking, you know, run, you know, three miles in, you know, 15 minutes, whatever the fuck, right? She, she's insane. So she can do that one day, right? Can she do it the next day? Can she do it the next day? Can she do it the next day? Can she continuously keep doing it? And what we've seen at the infantry officer's course and at the school of infantry is that, no, they can't. So, mm -hmm. you know, they might be a stud for one day. That's it. Um, yeah. Men are just biologically different, you know. We we might not be faster or you know stronger, <laughs> you know, yep. even though you know we are. But I'm just saying, you know, for this example, but we can do this shit every fucking day because our bodies are built to recover. Our bodies are built for it. Yep. Spencer, your white privilege is showing. Your male dominant white privilege is showing. <laughs> I know. Fuck, man. I remember reading an article on uh, Funker 530. Where that Sergeant Major LaHue, he came out and said, basically just debunked the whole women in combat, and and you know obviously, you know the higher echelons of the Marine Corps shit can his ass. Was it the one where he was in front of like Congress talking? No, it was uh, it was just he basically I think just came out with a Facebook post and just debunked this whole theory that women can fully integrate successfully into combat roles. Mm -hmm. And Funker 530 did an article on it. I mean, you can Google it, um, and I'm looking at it right now. And it just outlines his, his entire opinion on the whole thing. I mean, and this guy, he's a, he was in the Marine Corps for 27 years, so I think he knows what he's talking about. Hey, he knows about. what the fuck he's I'm talking about. about. In other news, the Army decided to grow a pair of testicles and... Not, or sorry, they, they're, they're allowing the Special Forces NCO Sergeant Matt Martland to stay in the Army after supposedly beating the shit out of an Afghan commando for raping a kid. I'm kind of glad. If, if they would have kicked him out of the Army... Is, is someone having sex on the phone? It sounds like it. Sounds like, like a shower is going a shower. on. <laughs> I swear to God, guys, it's not me. <laughs> like I said, people in Warfighter Foundation world, this is the second podcast, so it can only go up from here. <laughs> it can only get better. <laughs> Just bear with us. I swear, at episode 50, we're going to sound like fucking pros. But no, I mean, when that whole situation came down, the fact that they were even thinking to kick him out of the army... That's just it, it just shows you that the army is just flaking when it comes to this stuff. 
Like, I, I'm, I'm sure we've all seen it over there. That shit happens all the time. And I, I wish that I could have beat the shit out of somebody for doing it, but... Did you, did you have any experiences? Yeah, you, you had any personal experiences with guys like that? I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> it was a rough time in my career. I finally got my E5, though. <laughs> hey, that's all that matters, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I remember reading an article on the Havoc Journal where they talked about it, and they just made the whole argument of... It was, like he failed to follow orders in regards to ethically, morally, and tried to make it seem that you know, oh yeah, we're Americans, or and especially in the soft community, you know, we're better than that. You know, it's not our laws, it's not our, you know, it's we're in their backyard essentially, and we can't dictate what they can and can't do as far as the local police and you know the local army and whatnot. And I was kind of conflicted. I'm like, I understand that. But if you're in the soft community and spending so much time amongst indigenous personnel, you're not only defending the freedom back home in America, you're you know, defending the rights and the freedoms of the people that you work with. Though that, you know, specifically that little boy who got raped by that police, by that police chief. Yeah. So I'm really so I like I'm glad that you know the army got its head out of its ass and said, hey, listen, you know we're gonna burn a really good soldier here by you know drumming him out because of political reasons. This is not because you know at the time when this story broke, it wasn't political. It wasn't politically convenient. So. Oh yeah. Working with the fucking indigs, yeah, Derek and I did a lot of that last year in Afghanistan. <laughs> like. I guess the, the, the people that I've worked with weren't a part of that. I mean, they, they hated the Taliban just as me, and I, I feel like a part of that is, you know, the part of the country that you're in. I mean, you may be an Afghan commando, but if you're down in Helmand Province, I mean, that's you've been doing it for probably 20 years, so is it wrong? Definitely. I, I'd kick the shit out of them, too, but I mean, that that's... As an SF person, you've probably been around that for how long? And I feel like after a while, it's just kind of, you've had enough of it and you want to do something. So. Oh, yeah. It's the, it's the nature of the beast in uh, foreign internal defense. I mean, mm-hmm. fuck, dude, like you and I <laughs> last year. Dude, some of the guys we worked with, uh, local Afghans, you know, they were pretty good. Um <laughs> Some of them were just absolutely horrible, um, violating security, uh, you know, protocols that we had put in place to protect mm-hmm. ourselves and protect information. And you know, you'd have uh, you'd have a guy, you know, come out, uh, you know, with us on one of our, our operations, and he'd bring his cell phone and start calling people. You're hey like, yo. you know, I don't fucking speak, you know, Tajik or whatever. I don't know. I don't know what he's talking about. Um, so it's like, <laughs> bro, why'd you bring your phone? Like said, that, I mean, it's, it's, it's a new war a new with war. technology. Sketchy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah um, you know, he's he's texting. And, you know, we would tell the people that were taking out, you know, the same thing. Like, please don't get on your phone. Because we don't want anybody to know, you know, 
time or place. You know, we don't want anybody to be like, hey, yeah, I'm coming down Shoster Rock right now. I'm five <laughs> minutes away. So now, you know, Taliban running fucking Roshan in fucking Kabul is listening in. They're like, oh, hey, yeah, let's go fucking run a bomb down fucking Shoster Rock. Like, yep. and it, you're already so, it's already so dangerous as it is. So, I mean, when you have a motherfucker like that, he's going to do something that everybody knows is wrong. You have to you have to do something to him, whether you know whether it's fucking get him out of there or fucking kill him or fucking beat the shit out of him, whatever. Because they're just a liability at that point. I mean, what what's yep. the greater good right here? You know, is it? Are you really gonna sit back and say what's the pros and cons of this? Um, no, you're probably gonna say no right away. Okay, it's fucked up, and we need to get rid of him. Yep. I bet you it's, it'll be a while before he uh, has sex with another boy again. <laughs> Oh, dude. I bet you he learned his lesson after getting the shit kicked out of him. Well, we heard about that shit going on all the time. They call it, they actually have a name for it. Bacha Bazi. Fucking hey. Chai Boy. T-Boy. Yeah, fucking boys. Dancing Boy. Chai Boys. You know about those Chai Boys. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's mostly like a, a passion problem, too. Like, obviously, most people know Afghanistan has about 28 different nationalities. Um, so it's very culturally diverse. Passions make up um, you know, the majority of that. They also make up the majority of the Taliban. <laughs> Why <laughs> we still work with them at all, I have no idea. Um, but yeah, those fucking turds, man. You, you see most of those issues with them. And I think it's a lack of education and cultural problems. We see that in other different types of communities uh, throughout the, the international world. Yep. Yep. So, recently... This whole uh, 22 push-up challenge for the 22 veterans that kill themselves today, it's, it's starting to get old. It's like turning into the ice bucket challenge for veterans. Like, and, and I saw so many of those ice bucket challenges, and I didn't donate $1 to the ALS Foundation. So I, I just don't think that these 22 push-ups a day are going to make a difference. I mean, it's... It's bringing the cause up, but to me, I don't even think 22 veterans kill themselves a day. <laughs> it's, kind of, it's kind of like what Derek Wattis said in his video yesterday, you know, the whole awareness aspect of it, where he said, you know, you want to know what, and he made the, a pretty good um, comparison in regards to the whole awareness. It's like your neighbor sees a house on fire and says, oh, look, that house is on fire. That's it. That's all this so-called awareness in regards to the 22 push-ups is, is really doing. It's not doing anything. And, you know, Nathan and I have had numerous conversations where, you know, you know this whole, like, romanticizing and highlighting, you know, veteran suicide, it's so counterproductive, and it, it's not doing anything in regards to fixing the whole problem. Mm-hmm. So no, I, I I mean, just, a, lot, a lot of people don't realize how many veterans there actually are in the United States. Oh yeah, no, there's a ton. I mean, do I think 22 kill themselves a day? I feel like that's a stretch. But I mean, granted, one veteran killing killing themselves a day is, is still too large of a number. I mean, it it definitely needs to be addressed, which I don't think it is. Well, I mean, so you have 21.8 million veterans, uh, 
you know, according to a Census Bureau from 2014, so make sure I'm throwing my fucking facts out there so nobody tries to call me on this shit. So 21.8 million, right, veterans, as of 2014. Probably a shit ton more, right? So uh, let's, let's just go through that real quick. 22 veterans a day, 8,030 a year, right? What is that going to give us for an overall, you know, percentage in the year? Oh, it's, it's a lot. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's going to be 0.03%. <laughs> not, it's not even a 1%, you know. It, it, given, this is, this is twice as much as the national average. The national average is 0.015. <laughs> so, um, everybody freaks out saying we're twice as likely to commit suicide when it's like, no, um, we're probably twice as likely to have substance abuse because it's encouraged in, in uh, not only in the military but also look at the veteran community. Look at, uh, I'm not going to name, you know, groups and people, but alcohol is highly encouraged, and that's one of, you know, two-thirds of veterans who, who do commit suicide. It's because of substance abuse. So it's well, okay to do push-ups right and, uh, and then encourage... <laughs> <laughs> fucking alcohol. But it's just it's this whole lack of fucking information, you know, so if there's anything that should be going on, it should be people, you know, fuck, you know, that stupid old safety brief bullshit of, you know, don't fucking drink and shoot yourself. Whatever. Hey, yo. Hey, yo. Well, I mean, I, I saw, I don't know how true this is, but I saw a, a news article saying, though, that the the higher percentage of people committing suicide in the veteran community are people who haven't been to war. It's true, and I think yeah. a lot of that has to come down to. Um, sorry, Derek. <laughs> Comes down. I'm just. I'm so passionate about this. I've been saying this shit for so for oh, so go, long. Go for it. And every time I brought it up, it was uh, you know people were like, "Ooh, wow, you're a you're a fuck," and I'm like, "No, <laughs> I'm just telling you, telling you the truth." Why you know? like, matter? Yeah, so, you know, I just I find it hilarious that it's all these people saying, the VA fucked us, the VA fucked us, you know, the VA sucks. And it's like, well, didn't you, don't you have a 100% disability rating? Yeah, fuck the VA. And it's like, yeah, okay. And uh, then they run around touting this 22 number that the VA just kind of guesstimated, you know. They are uh, based on 21 states, uh, you know, obviously not even the big veteran states like Illinois, California, Texas, fucking all of them, Arizona. Um, and uh, the majority, of, you know, the majority of the time they weren't even confirming whether or not the actual cause of death was suicide. Or, you know, there were ones that were actually accidental deaths that they just ruled as suicide. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, dude, it's fucking, it's nonsensical. I mean, can't a lot of these numbers then also be just, I mean, I hate to say regular suicide, but regular suicide that have nothing to do with war in the military and having them have been in the military, you know? Well, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. the other thing. Is oh, nobody, nobody wants to go out there and do a study. You know, we tried to do this before, but nobody gave a fuck. You're like, we literally had zero supporters for uh, doing our study. Um, we want to do a study saying, what is the root cause of this? Why are veterans committing suicide? Who are they? And then you can identify... The, you know, the cause and the group that's at the most risk. And, mm -hmm. you know, what we've seen so far is that the group that's at the highest risk is those with substance abuse and those who have not served uh, in a combat, you know, combat operations overseas. Well, I'm looking at a website right now, and they, they're saying that 2,293 active duty suicides have occurred since January 2001. Yeah, that's the, uh, what, what was that, the... Um, 
man, the the Army Research uh, Group or whatever. Um, they, I think they did that study. Yeah, um, let, me, let me look at the source. <coughs> yeah, a lot of people were convinced that it's, the, you know... DOD, so... I'm sure that they keep a pretty good record of stuff like that. Yeah, it was uh, the Annals of Epidemiology uh, mm-hmm. Office, the official journal of American College of Epidemiology. Um, yeah, they did a big study about it for uh, what years it covered. Um, 2001 and, uh, through 2007, so it covered uh, 1.3 million veterans who were discharged between 2001 and 2007. Um, <clears throat> you know, and it looked at it, it looked at age and uh, you know took in factors how many were deployed, how many were not, how many weren't deployed. Mm-hmm. Um, and you had 351 guys who uh, were suicides among the, the deployed veterans and uh, 1,517 suicides among non-deployed veterans. Yeah. And so over nine years, uh, there wasn't even one suicide a day. Yeah, I mean, it's, like you said, it's it's still a problem that needs to be addressed. Like I said, whenever a veteran commits suicide, it should have been prevented. But, like I said, the, the number that they're portraying is just not accurate, I don't think. Also, another uh, interesting... Another interesting statistic that I that I read, you know, on the majority of the veteran suicides, on top of the people that never actually served in combat, they're all Vietnam era veterans, but somehow the mainstream media just doesn't report it. Oh yeah, the average age is fifty nine point six. So fifty nine and a half is the average age of uh, veterans who commit suicide. What? That's a weird age. It's just it's just average. <laughs> it's not like you know you hit fifty nine and a half and all of a sudden you're like oh shit. <laughs> I don't know. A lot of it too is also. I mean, you have a, how many people who have been in the military? I mean, say a person who does twenty years and then they get out of the army or the Marines or the military in general. I mean, they, all they've known in their entire life is military, and then you take them out or you kick them out. I, I know plenty of people who have been forcefully retired, and they just don't know what to do. I mean, do I think that's the reason why they commit suicide? Probably not, but... Well, I mean, you, you lose so much uh, when yeah, you leave yeah. the military. You, you honestly, even if you hated it, you know, you end up losing everything that you identified as. You, mm-hmm. you basically lose a family. You lose... You, I mean... I would probably, you know, classify it as like the same feel, like feeling of loss that you have, like in a, in a really severe like divorce or breakup. You know, something you didn't want yeah. to happen, um, but it did. And even if you thought you wanted it, you ended up regretting it later. And you well, see a lot of guys that struggle to find their identity after they get out. That's like the that's people like who, you know, they fucking hated going to war. They hated going to Afghanistan. But if you ask them, hey, would you go back? Yeah, I'd go back. Like, oh yeah, it's without a doubt, man. I mean, it's something that you'll never forget. I mean, you have the brotherhood over there that nobody can even compare to when you come back to the states. So I mean, how many times have you said, "Man, I fucking hate this place. I want to go home," and then you get home and you're just like, "Man, I'm ready to go back." Oh yeah, man. I was sitting there talking to <laughs> to one of our little fellow brothers on the team uh, last year in August when uh, the attack happened and. Uh, I was looking at Matt, and I was like, fuck, dude, this is why I hate this shit, you know? Rounds are snapping overhead, and I'm just like, 
I, I, I can't do this anymore. And then, you know, I, I got home, you know, and uh, maybe like four weeks later, I'm like, dude, I got to get back. Mm-hmm. I always tell people, dilemma. I always tell people when they ask me, what do, what do I miss more so about the military? And I tell them time and time and again, you know, I miss my friends. I just don't miss the bullshit. Yep. You know, you're hanging out in, in a fob or you're hanging out, you know, behind a whole pile of sandbags when you're in between firefights. Like, those are the times. And you're with your butt. You're with two, like, one or two of your buddies just bullshitting, waiting for the next firefight to happen. Those are the times that I will never, ever forget. Like, the meaningless, like, bureaucratic bullshit that goes back on, you know, back, back in the, the garrison life. Like, that, that I hated. We all did. I think we can all, you know, agree to some point. And that's just basically the whole image or the whole, you know, point that I project to my friends and whatnot, my, my non-military friends. That, you know, those are the times that, you know, the, the shittiest times that I had in my military career, you know, looking back on it now, those are the times that I miss the most. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, it's something that you definitely never forget, and you would do anything to get back in that lifestyle. So. It's probably why so many guys go contracting. Let's switch back on... Well, you know, this 22 real quick. So, if there was a solution, what would it be? And how would we go about helping with it? Do I think push-ups? Fuck no, that's good. No. Uh, awareness? I don't think that does shit. You know, like Derek, we just said. Um, you know, not trying to fucking coat Derek, we just horn to be like, well, because Derek said so. I've been saying this for a long time. So is Matt. I, I mean, I know all you guys have been saying this is fucking parted. You know, just every time every time we try to bring it up, everybody's just like, ooh, shame. You know, we're like, <laughs> uh, no. It's, it's bad juju if, like, you try to bring facts and statistics and say, hey, listen, this whole 22-a-day myth is not actually true. And well, I mean, you, you get, got guys you get doing shame. fucking uh, going and hiking around in silkies and getting drunk. And it's, you know, fuck, man. You saw the same thing with PTSD. All of a sudden, everybody wanted to justify their service by claiming, you know, they had PTSD. You'd see guys who, you know, never fucking did a did a fucking thing, and they're saying they have PTSD. You know what, bro? You know, more power to you if you, if you want to go have a fraudulent claim with the VA. It's super easy to get a fucking VA claim for PTSD. Yeah. Right? Oh, we got Ian Strimbeck. I said it right. I said your last name right, bro. Yep. You yep. got it. All right, let's uh let's have Ian jump in on this real quick. So um, I was scrolling through uh, Drinking Bros yesterday, and I saw Ian's post about this about uh the whole veteran suicide. And uh, what he had to say was right on right on point with what we've been saying. So I wanted to bring him on here, have him uh, have him divulge his opinion a little bit on a, on, a, on a big platform. <laughs> Welcome to the Warfighter Foundation Radio. <laughs> You there? You there? He said he was driving through some crappy cell cell coverage. I'm have to wait for him to pick back up. Yeah, yeah what, I mean, what I was saying. Yeah, we lost him. Go, what I was saying ahead, is, uh, so 
you have this, you know, you have this whole problem with guys trying to justify their service by claiming PTSD. There are guys that actually have post-traumatic stress. Um, there are guys who have combat stress, and there's guys that are just struggling to uh, identify, you know, build an identity once they get out. And a lot of, you know, PTSD's uh, <laughs> list of symptoms, uh, you know, is endless. Any, almost anybody can claim it. I, I, I have a hard time waking up in the morning. Roger that. You have PTSD. You're depressed. Like no, I don't think so. But uh, I think I just have you know a hard time not having a schedule. You know, <laughs> maybe that's what it could be. But you know, yeah, right, I mean even uh, like Ian again. Hey, so um, there he is. Even a couple yeah, nights ago, man. Uh, we we ended up seeing with twenty-two a day. Is that uh, you have a lot of guys running around now, and it's you know the trendy fucking thing to do is say I know somebody who committed suicide. Like you know. We did like something, something to be proud of. Our, our deployment was so fucking bad. You know, you can tell this to all your friends and family. Like, look, our deployment was so bad to, you know, fucking, you know, Okinawa that uh, we had somebody commit suicide. That's how rough it was out there, you know, in fucking Kinville getting taco, cheese, and rice. And, you know, guys will fucking do that, you know. They take what everybody's saying and, and just fucking blast it so that they can try to justify what they did when they're in. You know, fucking combat veterans make up, you know, 10% of the actual veteran community. It's a very small group of people, and everybody, you know, wants to fucking take part in that, you know, that kind of elite group. But anyway, so, Ian, brah. <laughs> I don't brah. know if you heard, heard us. Uh, <laughs> brah. So, yeah, fuck. Um, so I was just telling everybody that uh, I read what you had posted and uh, just wanted you to come and divulge your opinion as a, as a fellow Marine Corps veteran. Yeah, so... Um, I actually posted it in another group, and uh, another good friend of mine kind of uh, commented exactly what I was thinking, but put it more into, I guess, uh, better work. But his whole thing is that we need to kind of, you know, start taking care of our own, so to speak, and, and stop, you know, looking outside of our own tribe, as I like to call it, um, I, I kind of subscribe to the uh, whole, um, as you would call it, tribal mentality. Um, uh, I've read a lot of books in the past. Uh, I have, uh, you know, a great author that, that, that writes on the, the topic of um, tribal mentality is, um, you've heard of him called uh, Jack Donovan. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's written The Way of Men and uh, a few other books. Um, I, I really like what he has to say on the topic. Um, and uh, that's kind of what it has to do. Uh, sorry, I'm, I'm hearing an echo when it's fucking me up. Um, that, that, that's, that's kind of what we need to look for. It, it stop looking outside our own tribe and start, you know, each other out um, instead of you know going on social media and you know expecting average Joe civilian to think that doing 22 fucking push-ups on his you know uh, clean slated kitchen floor is gonna you know change the outlook of how veterans deal with PTSD. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. Like uh, this whole 22 push-ups or 22 mile hike or whatever the fuck it is. Um, yeah, I think it's fucking stupid. You say it's, yeah, the, like, it's the new ice bucket challenge. And if you're going to, so if you're raising money for, you know, there's plenty of groups out there, not going to name them by name, that do fucking 22 mile hikes, do 22 push ups to raise money, what is it going towards? 
okay, what what mission do you have that this money is going to help, you know, decrease veteran suicide if it's actually, you know, this epidemic? So you haven't seen anything, you know, in our opinion, I think one of the best things to do would be, okay, we're going to identify what the root cause of, any, of, you know, veteran suicide is and who's the most at risk. And then we're going to fucking, you know, provide programs for them to, you know, help them with depression, help them with, you know, substance abuse, whatever the fuck, you know, their actual cause of, you know, this is. Yep. But that, that, that's absolutely, uh, you know, uh, not correct with that uh, because uh, realistically, you know, uh, people are trying to think that, you know, uh, veterans should be cured from PTSD and, you know, technically speaking, sure that, that it's all fine and great, but veterans also have to understand that they, they don't need or they shouldn't need to reintegrate back into society. We are forever changed. That's the oath that we took the minute, you know, we stepped in, you know, the MEPS office and took that oath. We, whether we realize or not, you know, took an oath that we will be, you know, forever changed by the events that will come in the future. And to think that, you know, we can leave this behind is asinine as far as I'm concerned. We shouldn't have to think to reintegrate back into the civilian world when we get home. It, we are what we are now, and there's no way of, of, of going back on what we once were. You know, there's nothing wrong with, you know, the guy in the restaurant that likes to, you know, check his sticks or look out the windows and make sure the door's secure at night before he goes to bed. That's who we are. We are the warrior society. As far as I'm concerned, everyone outside of that warrior society, that warrior tribe, are the, the weird ones, the strange ones. We're not the ones that are messed up. Okay. Oh, no, dude, I agree 100%. And I've, I agree. I've said this before, is, uh, you know, okay, so somebody... You know, you use a really good example of somebody going into a restaurant and, you know, checking their six. Maybe they're sitting up against a wall in the back corner so they can observe everything that's happening in there. Because, you know, they're thinking about, okay, what happens if somebody comes in or, you know, tries to do something? Which is pretty normal yeah. for most yeah. most veterans. So, um, you know, let's look at that. Is that PTSD or is this somebody who is trained? Is this somebody who, you know, you can't, you, there's no untraining. You know, yeah. for example, uh, a really good point on this is fireworks going off. All right, so... We're all taught immediate action drills, right? You hear a snap and all of a sudden it's contact left, guns up, you're at the ready, right? Is that PTSD or is that muscle memory? And yeah, sure, your fucking heart starts pounding a little bit and you're, you know, you're more aware. You're hyper aroused, as they like to fucking call it in you know, the little psychology world. Um, is that really PTSD or is it, uh, you know, is that immediate action? Is that your fucking muscle memory? And so you have a lot of people running around saying, you know, it's, it's like, that's, that's your post-traumatic stress. It's like, well... No man, this is this is how I was trained. This is who I am, and you know I I can't be untrained. You know, and I, it, you know, it sounds kind of kind of asinine saying that you know transition assistance programs should be turned around onto the civilian community, being like, hey, look, this is how they are. You know, I know that would never happen, but that's probably how it should be. Well, like I've a. Uh... I, I can't go to sleep in, unless I have my gun beside me. And that's not just me being, like, paranoid. I, I've told this to my, my non-military friends. It's just when you're overseas and you carry a gun 24-7 and you sleep beside it and you do everything, uh, it's, it's, just, it's, like a, it's like a blanket, you know? It's like a kid's blanket. You can't fall asleep unless you have it beside you. And, I mean, does that mean that I sleep with my gun, you know, underneath my pillow? No, but, like... 
I know that wherever I am, I'm at least an arm's length away from a weapon. It's comforting. It is, yeah. Well, especially today, like, you have, uh, you know, Derek and I just got back, well, Derek just got back from Afghanistan, and, uh, you know, I got back in August, and, uh, you know, we, we've been doing back-to-back deployments. We've met a lot with a lot of locals. Fuck, dude, I know last year we were meeting with various ministries, various, you know, officials, you know, some that we probably shouldn't have been talking to, um, <laughs> doing some, you know, doing some stuff out there that's probably a little unethical and shady, but that was the nature of the beast for what we were doing out there in our operations. Um, there's plenty of people that know our names. There's plenty of people out there, you know, with the Islamic State trying to, you know, build uh, terror cells back home. It's totally realistic to be prepared and be like, hey, man, somebody probably has my name out there and is probably trying to find me. Like, you know, especially being a public entity like we are and having our names and information out there. Yep. No, Sorry, but, uh, no, 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 no. Uh, uh, going back uh, uh, to the whole uh, fireworks thing, it was funny that you brought that up because uh, I actually saw a lot about that uh, this past summer, you know, during uh, July 4th about all these people kind of making a scene on the news and whatnot about, you know, posting, like, signs outside of their house or the apartment, you know, like, kind of, I wouldn't say glamorizing, but kind of like a look at me, look at me uh, type of thing, like, you know, I'd be respectful if I'm a veteran who lives here or whatever, and and personally, um, I kind of don't believe in that at all. Uh, I mean, I don't know these individuals' backgrounds, uh, like their, what their MOS was in the military, but I can almost guarantee that most of those people probably weren't in the combat arms because I've yet to meet a, a vet, uh, a real combat, you know, vet, a grunt, uh, whatever that was involved directly in combat arms that would do something like that. It kind of seems like people outside of the uh, combat arms community in the military are the ones that kind of make scenes like that and kind of put a... Uh, I wouldn't say uh, a bad, well, yeah, I guess I'd say it's a, it's a bad image on uh, veterans that are actually dealing with post, post-traumatic stress. Like, I understand that if fireworks can cause that, but I really don't see a need to kind of make a scene about it like that. Bro, you're among, like, you know, you're among like-minded people. <laughs> we totally agree. Um, yeah, the... Uh, this whole look at me, look at me, you know, this dramatizing it, you know, the feel sorry for me shit is just yeah. it's nauseating, bro. It's, yeah. it's, you know, the veteran community used to be a big stand-up thing, like, we're honorable, you know, we're courageous, we were brave enough to do this, fuck you, you know, we're the, you know, 0.45%, where the fuck, you know, right? And then it turned into, oh, we're veterans. <laughs> feel bad for <laughs> Yeah, me. no. Yeah, no, I, I, I also think it's because of the rise in, uh, in social media and the ability for us to, um, if we want to, put the message out there compared to, you know, as what was called the greatest generation, you know, back during World War II or, or even Vietnam. I mean, I mean, obviously, you know, they didn't have the accessibility to um, what we have now in the VA, whether you look at it as a good or a bad thing. Um, they had to keep it... Uh, bottled up, so to speak, and, you know, uh, many years later, um, like, like, like there's no statistics on how many, I, I mean, I haven't found any statistics on how many World War II, Korean, or Vietnam vets actually ended up, you know, committing suicide because of post-traumatic stress or what was called shell shock back then. Well, I think, I think back then, 
another thing on on suicide is I think back then, just like it was like when you and I came into the Marine Corps, man, um, suicide was was frowned upon. It was shunned. Yeah, it was yeah. like this dude yeah, who yeah. committed mm-hmm. suicide just fucked all of you. He fucked over his team. He fucked over his family. He did something so yeah, selfish yeah. and fucking stupid. And so no, and it was nobody talked about him. Nobody talked about it. Nobody was posting fucking Facebook memorials, you know, about them or hashtagging fucking twenty two a day, you know. Everybody's just yep. like, <clears throat> you know, this guy just fucked us, you know, fuck him. And you know, yeah, it's yep. harsh. Yep. You know, that's that's a fucking military, and that's how it was looked at, and I think that's how it was viewed back in Vietnam, back in World War Two, World War One. Oh, absolutely. Somebody, yeah, if somebody did that. It was, yeah, we're not going to honor them. We're going to it, what they did was dishonorable. Yeah, I remember what, reading an article um, <clears throat> in regards to, you know, World War II and what it was called, uh, Shell Shock or, any, or whatever, whatever the hell heart. it was called. Yeah, Soldier's Heart. Yep. And, um, you know, when uh, they quoted General Patton in regards to, you know, soldiers who had been, you know, through the shit, and all he said was, send those yellow belly son of a bitches, like, you know, back to the, fr- back to the front line. You know, in regards to, you know, and in regards to, you know, soldiers, like, having, you know, soldiers. And I get it. You know, like, you know, World War II guys, they went through, like, you know, stuff that I don't even want to, like, I can only imagine, you know, like, what they actually went point through. Where, where, you know, you, I'll give a perfect example. We were ambushed. We were pinned down for four and a half hours. We went back to refit at our, our patrol base right next to us down at Hellman, and, uh, you know, I, I'm getting in there thinking, okay, we, we were just fucked up, so we're going to hang out for a little bit. Nope, we're going right back out. And, it, you know, everybody was thinking it. I can't fucking do this. I don't want to do it. But everybody did because everybody else was. You know, it, that's called courage. That's bravery. That's that's what we fucking, you know, that's what we are. It's like, uh, it's like the Black Hawk Down scene, though, you know. Every, everyone remembers it. They get back to the, the FOB, and he starts reloading all of his mags, and he's getting ready to go back out. And, and he's... That's the reason he says I don't do it for anybody. I just do it for for the brothers to the left and the right of me. I mean, no one likes getting shot at. No one likes going to war, but we do it. Yeah, I mean, so. it's if somebody had stepped up and said I I can't, I I won't. <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't have been like this guy has battle fatigue or combat stress. You know, we need to cool him off, get him a shower and a warm meal. You would have been like fuck you, pussy. Yeah, well, I mean, I think it also comes down to what the military has slowly evolved to over the years since, um, you know, um, since World War II, Vietnam, Korean War, uh, when, uh, whenever. I think it's just, uh, you know, evolved into a softer, softer organization where, you know, back in the day, if you were to, you know, say that before going to like, I can't do it, oh, okay, that's fine, I'm just going to beat the shit out of you, and then you're going to go on patrol, or you're... Or you're gonna, um, where it's gonna fucking haze the shit out of you. You can say it. The military's a bunch of pussies now. Yeah. I mean, when I was getting out in in, in 2010, that's exactly what it was. I mean, uh, you had, you know, uh, boots talking back to senior Marines because they could, because they knew if, you know, you fucking put a hand on it, they would go to first sergeant, and you'd be standing in front of first sergeant getting your ass chewed out and possibly an NJP. And I was like, nope, this, nope, this ain't fucking happen. I'm, I'm, I'm done. There's, there's, there's no way that I'm going to stay in and, you know, destroy my own career because I'm trying to make Marines better, you know? Mm-hmm. We had a guy call a corporal, um, a PSC, right? 
and uh, so he made him do push-ups. Um, and uh, he got he got demoted from corporal to PSC <laughs> for hazing. I can I can unfortunately picture that. Yeah, it's uh, it's ridiculous. Yeah. I remember last year when I went uh, when I was doing my uh, transitioning out period down in Camp Lejeune, the stuff that I saw was absolutely just blew my mind because you know I was amongst you know, grunts. I was amongst, you know, you know, like the heart and like, you know, one of the, you know, heart and soul of like second Marine division. And, you know, I would see Lance corporals and, you know, and PFCs kind of smoking and joking with, you know, senior leaders, whether it be a sergeant, staff sergeant, whatever. And, you know, I was just kind of like, you know, I like froze a set. Like, I didn't know like what, I was like, oh my god, and and I'm just, you know, so I, I agree fully with Ian's assessment on it is definitely softer and is definitely at, at, at that point, and you know, you know, see, like at, at, at that point, you you realize that yeah, this ain't, this ain't for me anymore. Oh yeah. What uh, unit well, are you with? No, I was initially I was with uh, um, aviation ordnance, like okay. I did out in Miramar. Okay. And then I did um, MSG duty for my last three years in the Marine Corps. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah, I, I was with 3-2 uh, on the ship. 3-2, bro. I was 3-1. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Center and third. Uh-huh. Nice. Yeah, we were, uh, my uh, buddies were the ones that were involved in that whole uh, pissing on Taliban uh, <laughs> debacle. <laughs> Oh God! Yeah, I like how uh, I like how nobody knows the full story to that. It's uh, it's great when you try to explain. Well, did you know they had a marine that was fucking strung up in pieces from a tree? Yep, and uh, it, it was funny because like uh, my buddies told me that you know the commandant Amos at that time, which you know, famous Amos, um, I guess he he was out there before the incident praising them on you know their high kill count and how they you know how good they were doing you know putting out Taliban and then of course after it happened you know they want to fucking string them up from the flagpole and persecute them. Yeah, fucking Amos, dude. What a piece of shit. Yeah. Well, actually, one of those guys uh, who was it? Um, Josh Chamberlain, I think his name was, who was uh, friends with uh, Rob Richards. He actually wrote a yep. book. It's called Into Infamy. Yeah. Um, I I, I I haven't read it yet, but I've heard good things. Yeah, so have I. Um, it's actually on my Amazon wish list. Um, uh, so yeah, like, uh, and oh my god, and and I remember watching that video that uh, Rob Richards did with the um, Military Times or Marine Corps Times or whatever, and yep. he was sent, and he said like one month the Commandant and Sergeant Major, you know, they're shaking their hands, they're praising them, they're saying, oh my god, you guys are like outstanding, and then shortly after that whole incident happened with the YouTube video. Like they wanted to make, they, Amos wanted to make an example out of him. He wanted them strung up from the highest flagpole. Oh yeah. Mhm. Yeah. Like they're the first dudes to fucking. <laughs> Never mind. I won't get into that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he knows but, uh, what I'm talking about, probably. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but uh, but but going back to the to the whole uh, post traumatic stress thing, I, I just think that you know in. Uh, in in today's age, um, you have the ability to kind of uh, how can I put it? Um, have people 
or want to have people, depending on your mentality, have, have pity for you versus once again keep on going back to the greatest generation where they came back, you know, from uh, from uh, whether it be Germany or whether it be, you know, the Japanese islands and they went right back into, into the workforce and it was, you know, never, uh, yep. was never uh, talked about again, which, um, you know, can be viewed as a good or a bad thing. Obviously, if you don't have brothers to be able to, you know, uh, you know, have a have a drink with and, and talk about it, you know, that's obviously bad to hold that poison in. But at the same time, um, versus kind of talking about it all the time to a point where, you know, you're having people that you, that aren't part of your tribe that you can't identify with that are, are giving you this woe is me. And then, you know, um, uh, it, it, it all just goes uh, downhill from there because, because I feel that post-traumatic stress can also be bred or fueled more by those, those, those people that, that aren't, aren't, Part of your um, part of your people can you know they they start feeding into that sorrow and then you know you start thinking about you know, like yeah wow it, yeah, well, it it really is bad you know I, I I really am off worse than I thought and then it just all just for, uh, gets darker from there. It's like a domino effect. Yeah, Dude, I, know I had uh, when I when I got back uh, from Helmand in 2010. So 2010 was the deadliest year uh, for Operation Enduring Freedom, uh, and I shared on the deadliest month too in June. Uh, 2010, and um, so <laughs> I, I came home and uh, you know post deployment leave, and uh, my mom said, you know, I think you got I think you got the PTSD. I'm like, uh, I don't think so. She goes, Oh well, I, I'm reading all this shit. You know, you, you got all these symptoms. You know, you, you know, this is everything that's going. You know, that you're going through. And so she actually got me to a point where I was like, maybe I do. Because yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> I heard it enough you know, times that yeah, exactly, and you know, it's kind of like being hypochondriac. Really yeah, yeah, and here's another thing that you brought up that was really awesome is uh, so you know the World War II guys, right? You see it in movies all the time. You know, I, I guess they do the research, right, when they do stuff. So you see it in movies all the time. You know, and I'd like to imagine this how it really was is that you know two guys just sitting in a you know let's say a restaurant, they automatically just assume that both of them served, and they'll be like, who are you with? Right, and it's because so many did serve. There is a a large you know group that was you know veterans, and you could I I found it to be the most therapeutic you know awesome word right uh, to always just bullshit with my buddies. Whether that be, and you know um, one of our, uh, our our chief operations officer Dan, you know he's a three time Fallujah vet. Um, well, we might stray off on some things sometimes, or you know some of the darker days of you know the Marine Corps. It was like, you know what, let's not talk about that. And we'll just go on to, like, the fun shit, you know, whatever. But just talking with, you know, other vets has been the most helpful thing I've ever done. And, uh, you know, they had that during World War II. And they also had a level of respect and, like, prestige. Like, men who didn't serve were kind of like, oh, uh, yeah, you're not a man. Uh, Mm -hmm. I already have a vagina. I don't need another one. Um, (laughs) So, (laughs) you know, you'd see it like, you know, Wives would be like, oh, you know, my husband was in Japan. You know, what did your husband do? Like, today you don't see that shit. Yep. Uh, I mean, I even know people who were in Vietnam, and they were exposed to, like, Agent Orange, and you almost had to force them to go to the VA. And this was, you know, back in the past couple of years. So, I mean, they've lived, what, since the Vietnam War with, with Agent Orange symptoms, and then they they didn't even want to go get get help, but... I mean, oh, there's just a lot of guys like that. that. Yeah. 
I got a I got a personal story for that. My dad was is a Vietnam veteran. He was a two four, you know, volunteer, not draft. Um, you know, he was a two four right outside of uh, uh, Quezon up on a hilltop. You know, there are a couple of really big famous battles, uh, Firebase Glory and LZ Neville. Um, you know, where they were actually overran. You know, fighting hand to hand. And he was exposed to Agent Orange, and uh, he was diagnosed with prostate cancer um, maybe a year, year and a half ago. Uh, VA gave him 100%, covered it all, and then, uh, they, you know, they fixed it, got rid of it, and then uh, they gave him a 0% rating. Uh, <laughs> and all the, uh, all the chemical companies that had produced, you know, the rainbow pesticides that still exist yeah. today, they were in a lawsuit, you know, class action lawsuit, where only about 5,000 people joined because, you know, those are the ones that knew about it. You know, this is back like the 80s, right? 70s, 80s. <laughs> yep. And so nobody can sue them today now, you know, for producing shit with arsenic and fucking, you know, all kinds of really bad chemicals that can kill people and cause, you know, cancer and shit. Here's another thing. So those Vietnam veterans who were exposed to Agent Orange and then had kids, their kids can have symptoms uh, from their exposure to Agent Orange. Really? I didn't know that. Yeah, and that's something that the VA won't cover as well. So it's great. Yep. Of course not. Mm. It's not good. Well, actually, and here's like, and funny you should say that too in regards to Vietnam. Um, and I'll bring, it's like kind of a similar PTSD kind of story, but my uncle was in Vietnam too. He was artillery. You know, he was with, uh, I think, one, uh, 1st Battalion, 11th Marines. You know, party of authority. And um, <clears throat> to this day, and, you know, got both, you know, can't hear for shit, blind as a bat, you know, the whole works. To this day, he will not watch a Vietnam-based movie. Like, I don't even think he'll even watch Forrest Gump. You know, and, and we, you know, when, when it, and to us, that, that's actually, that's a funny movie. You know, it kind of creates a whole comedy out of the whole thing. But for him, he won't even watch it. And when people ask him, he'll give you just a straight answer, a quick uh, straight answer. He'll just say, why? I lived it. Yep. Pretty fucking true. <laughs> so. All right, guys. I think uh, I think we're gonna try to end it here um, with the podcast. We've we had a good conversation though for for episode number two. I feel like. Absolutely. So. Oh, yeah, you got your uh, you got your uh, editing work cut out. For, you know. <laughs> a little bit, Ian. I I do appreciate you calling in and uh getting getting your opinion on everything. No not a problem man. Thanks for having me on. Definitely. Yeah, we uh, gotta definitely have you back on the podcast, man. I you like you had such a wealth of knowledge and wealth of uh, input. Um, oh you definitely yeah. tell us more about uh Operation Werewolf, bro. Real quick. All right. Okay. Yeah, uh so um it, it it's it's an organization that uh that I'm uh, that I'm uh, heavily a part of that I believe in. Um, it's kind of, uh, I guess you kind of call it like a, a movement or a, you know an organization for um, like-minded people, uh, not just in the military, but just strong like-minded uh, people that are looking to uh, better themselves and, and pretty much uh, uh, subscribe to the idea of, you know, uh, being a, a strong masculine man in, in today's world where that's kind of looked down upon, unfortunately. Um, so uh, I, I've been heavily involved in that. Um, uh, the, uh, 
the head guy, uh, Paul Wagner, actually just released his book. Uh, Jack Donovan is actually part of the Wolves as well, and uh, Paul actually released um, his own book called The Complete Transmissions, which has a foreword from, from Jack Donovan in it, and it's really enlightening. It's, it's probably one of the one of the best books, should I say, that I've read this year so far, and, uh, you know, it, it, it definitely is an empowering read. Um, it, it definitely makes you look deeper into life and how to, how to better yourself. Um, the, the people that I've seen that are a part of it, you know, are, uh, there's a lot of former vets. There's, there's guys that are, you know, heavily involved in the martial arts community or are powerlifters or, you know, subscribe to the uh, gym mentality. So it's definitely something for people to look um, into if, you know, they're, if they subscribe to the uh, warrior mentality, like obviously all of us do. Um, uh, um, I'm part of uh, my own chapter here in New England called the uh, um, called the Raven Eaters. Um, there's a uh, there's a few of us um, here around the New England area that do uh, uh, meetups every now and then, and it's uh, it's, it's definitely a good time, and uh, it's definitely I feel like something uh, people should look into. There's obviously a lot of bad shit that you're gonna find about it on the uh, on the internet, of course, just like anything else that is. Uh, that um, that kind of eccentric, as I like to call it, or um, doesn't, uh, or kind of stands out from from uh, today's norms. So um, I would just uh, brush that away, and you know, people are interested to contact me personally, or you know, just just uh, contact Paul directly, and I'm sure that he would be more than happy to answer your questions. I don't know if any Very of you have good. seen Ian. He's a he's a fucking jacked rip. Fully tattooed, oh man. <laughs> <laughs> man Do you have to be covered head to toe in tattoos? <laughs> yeah, um, I, I'd say about 95% of my body's uh, completely covered. I actually finally took Jesus. a leap a couple months ago and got my uh, my hands finally done. That was like the last step. Um, I have it actually pretty far. Have it pretty far from my neck. Well, actually, I got it done when I was in the military. I actually went to the local shop there where I got most of my work done. I became really good friends with the artist there out um, outside Lejeune at Odyssey Tattoo. I'm sure you guys know that place. Oh, God. And uh, <laughs> and uh, I, I actually went in there with my skivvy shirt. I had a line marked right below where this where the uh, where the, the crew neck line is, and I said, you know, uh, just you can go right below there. So <laughs> I had all that done when I was in, and uh, I probably would, didn't go any longer than two weeks in between a new session. So legs, back. Pretty much everything. There you go. Outstanding. Tattooed yeah. as fuck. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, Ian's. Uh, I believe he's also involved in firearms instructions. I mean, he's a. Uh, he's the the go-to guru. Yeah, I mean, I. Uh, whenever you want to be on the podcast, just uh, let us know. I'm sure we could fit you in. Ian, does your uh, does your thing have a does your uh, um, operation have a website? Are you guys on social media or what's up? Yep, uh, so uh, uh, you, uh, you can find me uh, just under my first and last name, uh, Ian Strimbeck. I have a pro page and a Facebook. Uh, my Instagram is the same thing. Twitter is the same thing. Um, the, the, the company that I work under is called Freedom Hill Gear. Uh, we're, we're up here in New Hampshire. Um, and the same thing, you can just Google it that way. We have all social media that way. And then for Operation Werewolf, um, um, there's a there's a Facebook page there. Uh, just you can just search Operation Werewolf. The website's just OperationWerewolf.com, and then uh, the Instagram name I'm pretty sure is Werewolf Command. 
um, is going to be the Instagram name, and you can find out um, everything that way. And like I said, if anybody has any questions about it or um, any questions in, involving um, fitness or you know in, instruction in regards to um, personal protection using a firearm, we're more than happy to uh, message me, and I'll be more than happy to get back to them. Very good. They're not racist. Sounds good. All right, guys. Like I said, with the uh, with the Warfighter Foundation, though, we've got a lot of cool stuff coming up as well. Um, if you've been looking at our Facebook page, we do have a T-shirt fundraiser going on. We have a goal. We'd like to hit it. So if you could, you know, help us out, buy a T-shirt, buy a buy a hoodie, and uh, hopefully we hit the goal and you get that T-shirt or hoodie. Who doesn't love a hoodie? Exactly. I I purchased I, I, all three. I hope you guys are printing it on good shirts. What's that? Oh, I hope you guys are printing it on good shirts. Yeah, we did it through uh, Teespring. I think they're American Apparel shirts. Uh, they're okay, really good. Yeah, there's they're really literally good. nothing worse in the world that I hate when people do fundraisers like that, and then they choose like you know like uh, Gildan or Hanes. <laughs> Gildan. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and then when you wash it once, it shrinks up on you, and you look like you know like a fucking nerd from high school, which is like you shot like Andy Gap. Feels like you're wearing literally, a fucking like. Sandbag, yeah. It's literally the worst. Hey, we we got some good quality shirts though. Good, awesome. But uh, we're also trying. Too. Yeah, fifteen dollars. I think the hoodies are fifty. Then log sleeves are twenty. I think twenty-five, Sweet. something like that. So yeah, check it out. Uh, share it. We're we're hoping to get this goal. I think we have like twenty days left. So let let's hit it. Uh, we're also in the works of doing some coffee, some K cups, some coffee. We, it, it's not official yet, though, so we're working on it. But just definitely be on the lookout. we got a lot of good things coming down the pipeline of Warfighter Foundation. So, but no, does anybody have any other thing? Be sure to no, check out the new website. Yes, the new website, warfighterfoundation.org. Check it out. It's pretty, it's pretty badass. All right, I think we're I think we're gonna call it, guys. Thank you for listening to the Warfighter Foundation Radio. I'm your host, Derek Plyman. Talk to you later.